Welcome, one and all, to the last Ladies with Gumption that will include Black Lightning. Episode 146, Mutually <laughs> Assured Destruction. We are the Ladies with Gumption. We recap PCTV in a flash. I am Tatiana, and I'm here with... May. And Jessica. And you can find us on Twitter at DCTV Gumption, via email at ladieswgumption at gmail.com, via Tumblr, ladieswgumption.tumblr.com. You can obviously listen to this podcast on Apple Podcasts or iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and 24 hours early if you have Patreon, where you can listen to us talk about anything and everything, not just DCTV, The Mandalorian, Bridgerton, The Boys, The Witcher, WandaVision, other Talking in the Winter Soldier. Yeah, it was just a very long title, so I was like, <laughs> uh, the other shows, eventually Loki. Um, most recently, we did, or not most recently, but more recently, we did Godzilla vs. Kong, Shadow and Bone, and this week, Mortal Kombat. Are you excited? Mortal Kombat! Okay. Yeah, and you can find that at patreon.com slash dctvgumption. Starting with our news, uh, we're going to have the weekly roundup of what Superman and Lois are up to, because we're now watching. Man? <laughs> <laughs> yes, indeed. Actually, this week was a very interesting episode because we got a little bit more on the backstory of Lex Luthor, who is not actually Lex Luthor or Alexander Luthor or any Luthor. He just stole some Luthor tech. He's actually John Henry Irons. Oh, that's that's kind of cool. Oh which God. is really great, which makes sense why he was just the stranger before. Because, you know, they're like, haha, we fooled you. He's not <laughs> actually Lex. <laughs> yeah, so they showed. Yeah, so now they showed, um, like, what really happened and why he's so angry at Superman. Because basically, like, what's happening now on our Earth, Earth Prime with Morgan Edge kind of um, digging up X Kryptonite and making, you know, his own mutants, basically, with powers. Um happened on his earth as well and that's how he ended up somehow i guess controlling superman and then destroyed the whole world um so all of that was really interesting and they revealed not only are he and lois married on his earth they also have a child um nat bug natalie um so all of that was interesting and i'm not gonna lie i enjoyed her scenes with um not lex very much (laughs) So they they have a lot going on there, and um, yeah, I think plot wise, it's picking up and it's becoming very enjoyable. So if you'd like to catch up on your breaks, you know, have at it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you may have just convinced me. Yeah, this, this one episode, Henry yeah, Irons. <laughs> I, yeah, we'll see how the rest of the season goes. That one episode may have done it. Plot twists. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, on to the other kinds of news. We have the fact that Dwayne The Rock Johnson will just continue expanding his repertoire and will now be playing Crypto in the Super Pets movie. I don't remember what it's called. I don't, I don't think they said it. just said that he's going to be playing Crypto. It's just DC Super Pets, I think. That's what the oh, okay. Is. Oh. You, <laughs> you know what is interesting um, in this Asian American Pacific Islander month? It that is. That Dwayne The Rock Johnson is cast in a third of the leading roles that are Asian American Pacific Islander. Mm-hmm. A third of those movies are just the rock. Him. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, that, that's, it's Why either impressive that? or that's very Why? sad. It, <laughs> it, is, both. it is very, it's both, both impressive both. and sad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. He's You're like, the, wait, what? <laughs> we need like, an Asian American Pacific Islander. I know the rock. 
is taking one for the team and also taking one from the team. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> That's true. That but is true. Anyway. Uh, well, good luck to him with crypto. And <laughs> we got our first embarrassing official look at Impulse. But thankfully, we were assuaged with much better photos of behind the scenes photos than Jordan took himself. Yeah, their posters are such trash. I don't understand. Like you have a network of attractive people, and you are just ruining them on posters. I I just don't understand. I get, I get, like the concept of what they were going for because, like the the comic panel. But that Bart is like twelve. And Jordan exactly. is not playing a 12-year-old, so they could change. And even, like, just the way that he's, like, face on, the mm-hmm. white sides make him look whiter. Yeah. And it just looks ridiculous. Like, he looks really great when he's, like, in his trailer and, and you get, like, the side profile. The suit mm-hmm. looks good. It just did not look great in that photo. And they try to make it look way too young. And it's just not. It's not. Yeah. It was just, like, a combination of just awkward stuff choices yeah. that they yeah. made for that poster but you know thankfully that's not going to actually be what impulse looks like uh in other weird uh flash news <laughs> we know that tom cavanaugh is coming back one more time one day one more last time, time. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> one last time yeah exactly for <laughs> for the flash and then season eight is going to open with five mini crossovers basically like five episodes that aren't really the official season eight but rather, kind of like that time when Lucifer had, like, extra random episodes. So they're just like, hey, let's do an episode like this, an episode like that. Um, I think that it's because they're going to get a late start. Uh, well, we're not going to get a real crossover A, right? And yeah. B, they're going to have a late, late start because everything is delayed because of COVID. And so they want to give audiences something in that internal hiatus. So it'll be five episodes and then the real hiatus, like, if you will. And then season eight. And Riverdale's doing oh. the same thing. Although I don't think that Riverdale. I guess has. I did See, not this is what's read. Confusing to I did me not because... read that article because I did not. This well, that, information well, that's the me. thing. What's confusing <laughs> is because we had um, Grant confirm pretty much that they have a five, five or six week hiatus at the most this this year because of their late start last year and their late to end to filming now, and then we know that you know they're obviously going to be back in the fall. And they're wrapping up filming now. Like, we've seen actor after mm-hmm. actor sort of just be like, hey, I'm done. So I'm like, okay, if they're done now and we're coming up on June, that would technically mean they would start filming again in July, not September. So I don't understand the timeline between, it, like, what deadline is, sure is saying and what, like, like, the actors are actually saying. <laughs> is it that Grant is saying that he only has five weeks or is it the cast? Because it's possible since he's a lead that he would obviously have more to do. Right. Maybe. I don't know. But he, he was talking about all of them. He wasn't just talking about himself, though. No. He was saying, yeah, we all have, like, a shorter hiatus this year. I think they have a shorter hiatus because they're going to film these five episodes. Mm-hmm. And then they're going to have another hiatus after that. Okay. Um, And then they're coming back to film. So it'll be like, so, so it'll be like, to give you some episodes mm-hmm. and then, you know, last however long they're going to be off again. But yeah, so so I think it's not going to be like one big event, but each episode will be contained. And mm-hmm. I like I like guests. I think that's yeah. good. that could be like it's a, a fun idea. idea. And I feel like it's going to it's going to allow some crossover storylines that we couldn't get this season because of COVID and we won't get ever again because Black Lightning and Supergirl were mm-hmm. both ending. Right. So Yeah, and Crest said that he's been that they reached yeah. out to him for being on there. So And I would I'd be very hopeful for either and or 
Kara or Nia are both right. to come and do something mm-hmm. with like Iris. Okay. Yeah, that would be great. Fingers crossed. And then Nia can just like stay. <laughs> yes. Yes, they just keep Nia. I would love that. Um, Bebo is getting a Christmas special. Why not? So Legends Christmas special narrated by Victor Garber, which is especially interesting because I don't recall Victor Garber and Bebo actually crossing paths previously. But now they will. So Maybe that's... he's like reading his uh, grandkids a, a Christmas story of the night before Bebo or something. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, so Titan season three uh, is coming out in August. So our days are numbered. <laughs> Enjoy the summer while you can. <laughs> <laughs> Tragically, Painkiller was not picked up, but no, Naomi bad. was picked up. So that is very nice. Uh, you know, snaps for Naomi, and uh, we mourn for you, Painkiller. Uh, Naomi and Superman and Lois will air mid season in 2022. Uh, six. Salim McKeel talked about what could have happened with Beyond the Flash. I think he even mentioned that there would have been a crossover with Iris and this would have happened. Yeah. And I'm like, sure, sure. Now you say that. Now, now you say that. And he also wanted um, Anissa to do something with Batwoman. Mm, which would have been very cool. Mm-hmm. But alas, it cannot be now. It cannot be. Um, I'm almost positive that everyone just like saw the Powerpuff Girl costumes and just ripped them to shreds. And that is why Powerpuff Girls is being reworked. I do not believe. Did you see the script, though? I did read the script. It was horrifying. However, they okayed that script and filmed it, so it can't be the script. That was the problem. <laughs> <laughs> the, the script only leaked because I, we well, found I out things were. Yeah, and I guess like the the whole thing that um, Pedal had said that it was too campy. I'm like, how did you look at that script and think like, oh, this is too campy? I don't know. So you might be right that it was just yeah. like the outfits are too campy. But yeah, yeah but I mean, and I if that like, was the script, I don't. I, I'm not looking forward to it because I'm like, is this this is your dialogue? This is just yeah. really awkward. Here's, here's it's so <laughs> one thing that could be an issue that is technically the script is like you can look at a script and be like, oh, look at these pithy tweets, and then you can hear people saying the words and be like, oh no, that's not- when like they were talking <laughs> about like um, <laughs> Professor Utonium and Bubbles was like, now he only dates like. Beaker bunnies and science hoes. I'm like that. I'm like, what is that? Yeah, something I like. Something that was definitely like trying to be like down, like Gen X lingo, and then the rest of it was just like what you dreamed while you were on shrooms <laughs> that Gen X people talk like. And, so. and they, it was it's just very like it's very weird to take a beloved cartoon of children superheroes, even though even though you age them up, like everyone grows up, but like this whole sexualization mm-hmm. of the Powerpuff Girls and how all of it, like, you know, talking about Bubbles having, like, porn tapes and being in her hoe phase and, like, yeah. Buttercup as well. And it's just, do better. Do better. Yeah, do better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's very weird. Very, very weird behavior. But thankfully, quote-unquote, that's getting reworked. We will see what happens with that. Moving on. Robert Pattinson. Signed a first look deal with WB. Everyone gets these first look deals. I don't know. But cool. Good they for him. Keep you around on the Exactly. Roster. They must really be loving his Batman stuff. Um, Eternals got released their trailer. And the movie premieres November 5th. How do we feel? Eternals, excitement. Nothingness. Um, <laughs> it was fine. 
I think I saw it like a few times. I'm like, I don't know. Like at first I was like, oh, ooh, there was like a few moments that I did like. Okay. I, I really dig what they're doing, trying to do, I guess, with like Cersei and Icarus, specifically mm-hmm. like Richard Madden and Gemma Chan. Mm-hmm. Um, oh my God. And Kit Harrington. Like the, lava, yeah, you know, like, the lava the cost like the irony. Two oh, brothers, Game of Thrones. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Icarus by Bastille was like the number one song for Rob Stark in fan mixes when Game of Thrones is out. And now <laughs> he is Icarus. It's full circle. Full circle. Exactly. Coming full circle. Okay, continue. <laughs> but yeah, but otherwise I don't, like it didn't, the, the trailer didn't really tell me anything other than that just these immortal beings have just been around for a long long time and just decided not to intervene in anything so i don't know how they're gonna like be able to work that in properly it just it just was and i'm sure that there's like way more stuff but i feel like as a trailer i was sort of underwhelmed right i feel like it's a bit of the wonder woman dilemma where it's like where have you been (laughs) why have you not helped um but also, I just, like, even though we have had, like, a year without Marvel stuff until um, Disney Plus started it up, I kind of feel like that that fatigue of, like, I have to get to know this whole new section of Marvel characters. And it's not, like, fun and goofy and, like, let's, let's have a good time, like, it was Guardians of the Galaxy, where I'm like, okay, sure, this won't be a struggle. <laughs> now I'm like, oh, this is going to be, like, a whole mythos, you know? So, so we'll see. We'll see if they end up doing it, doing right by the Eternals, and I don't even know what doing right by them would be, because I have not checked out a single Eternals issue in my life. Anyway, um, Jeremy Irvine, I suppose that's how you say his name, mm-hmm. is in talks to play Alan Scott in the HBO Max Green Lantern series that feels like it's been just in development forever. So, yay, Alan Scott. Yay, Jeremy. Finn Whitrock is in talks to play Guy Gardner. I think he is Guy Gardner. Yeah, like, he, he, he was is cast. Guy Gardner. He yes. is Guy Gardner. So, excitement, excitement. <laughs> And in fact, Alan Scott, or not, Alan, can't, okay. Jeremy, Jeremy Irvine. Irvine must also just be Alan Scott because he posted on his Instagram. I doubt he'd be like, mm. I'm in talks. No, <laughs> 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 so, I'm pretty sure he is also officially in the series. But anyway, <laughs> be like, root for me, fingers crossed. <laughs> anyway. That would be a very funny post. <laughs> <laughs> um. Uh, JLM and Michelle Harrison are finally making West Allen siblings by doing a movie <laughs> together in Canada. <laughs> uh, I don't remember what it's about, but it's just called Re. I think it's called like I think the movie is called like Reunited. Yeah, it's like so a tw- twenty five years it after their college. So no, so after their high school years, and then they all start like exchanging secrets, and then things kind of get dark. <laughs> Um, and now in personal news we will apparently be moving this this podcast to Thursdays apparently like you don't know (laughs) I I, I don't like change and I'm like now I have to like like the whole I mean I think it can be be good change because like the whole reason we defaulted to Fridays is because I was living 14 hours ahead of time and Friday was the only way to work out but now you know we're on the same part of the hemisphere and exactly. doing it on Thursdays will allow us to get it to you guys exactly. before the new shows come out on Sunday. So, exactly. so you'll it could work. Time. So that means you have to actually, get your... we'll have even more time next season because Legends and Batwoman are moving to Wednesdays. Oh, <laughs> so we get our Sundays back too. <laughs> I love it. This sounds great. Um, so we'll, we'll see how that works. But that does mean you need to probably get your feedback in a day earlier 
just in case. Exactly. Uh, and also, no new episodes next week. So, Ladies with Gumption will also That's have no new episodes next week. Yay for us! <laughs> we'll be back the following week to bring you the Black Lightning List podcast. <laughs> but now, <laughs> we will move on to uh, Jessica giving us the body of this week's podcast. <laughs> the body. <laughs> joy, no joy, feedback, Ladies with Gumption. Go! Yes, so on side A, we have three shows to, to today, but on side A, we're going to do Legends and Black Lightning, the old college try slash Fates Black. First up on Legends of Tomorrow, the Legends are shocked when woken up bright and early by a sober and focused Mick Rory, who takes command and manages to find the location of Kayla, who is the alien that kidnapped Sarah, but he also lands them in the middle of the Cuban Missile Crisis. The team makes the decision to split up. And JFK fanboy Nate and never miss a chance to dress up like a fashion icon Zari volunteer to go calm <laughs> things down at the Oval Office. However, their team up is a little complicated with the fact that Nate gets morning wood whenever Z has her hair up because then she looks too much like Zari 1.0. And it's awkward for everybody. Ava is eager to question Kayla, but they must steal it, steal Kayla back from the Cubans and the Russians who think it is a biowarfare weapon sent by the Americans. If you're already confused... Hold on, it's going to give you more confusing. <laughs> Mix and bright intentions, but wrong tactics leads the team to steal what they thought was Kayla, but it's actually a Russian missile, which, when they try to return it, wound up in the hands of the Cubans who want to aim it at the Americans. See how this is all getting, like, clusterfucky? So, meanwhile, Nate, and uh, whose cover is just a white man that has the audacity, tries to placate <laughs> JFK with football metaphors, because <laughs> JFK is a child, apparently. And Zari uses her southern charm to keep a hot-headed, trigger-happy general away from the nuclear codes. Meanwhile, Stoner Behrad, dressed like Che Guevara, convinces Castro to take some gummy edibles and tries to leverage his newfound friendship to stop Castro from starting a war. Back with the alien, Spooner helps Rory communicate with Kayla to make an unlikely deal that could help him on a solo mission to find Sarah. And that is what happened in this episode what brought joy for you well (laughs) i did like the fact that like mick was he had some sort of plan and he was trying to (laughs) execute the plan even though the plan was just (laughs) a mess all around um but he actually got somewhere you know i'm very proud of him very it was much better than him sitting around the ship just drinking a beer and doing absolutely nothing i did like the fact that i feel like spooner is now his you know legends guide even though he should be guiding her (laughs) um so they have like an interesting relationship and that was kind of more interesting to see how their dynamic works when they're outside of the ship um and then of course like actually having finding kayla and being able to like strike a deal with her because you know, I complained last week that it doesn't really feel like because Sarah's in space, it's like, where are they really going with this? So now we're, they're going to space, <laughs> which is exciting. And just in general, like the Tarazi siblings always have something up their sleeves. So I love like Behrad singing to J- to uh, Fidel Castro. Like it was so random <laughs> and so very, you know, legendy. <laughs> that it, that part really worked and it was just like Fidel Castro's chilling he's like yes you you look a lot like my friend we will just sit here and have some tunes and 
you know, gummies and just chill and get high. <laughs> so that was that part was hilarious. Um, on the Zari side, I like like obviously I love her little, you know, Kennedy inspired outfit. I loved the fact that she was really sympathetic towards Nate, even when she didn't really have to be like Nate's issues aren't her problem, but you know, she is a giving person. And I like the fact that she was trying to be aware, I guess, of what was, what was going on. And also she's just like her typing on the typewriter. (laughs) They're like, Oh my God, she's just doing it with her thumbs. I was like, that's the influencer lifestyle. (laughs) Love that for her. She was great. Um, what else? I don't know. This this episode was very like a lot for me, and you know there was only moments that I did enjoy, like Ava speaking Russian or the Russian accent rather was weirdly hilarious. Like I don't know, she just slipped into that role, and I it worked. Um, yeah, but just like in general, like f- having forward movement on the plot and and having like the legends, of course, make a catastrophe out of everything before once again fixing it anyway, <laughs> which is always a joy. Yeah, I mean, I pretty much uh, found joy in the same things that you found joy. I I loved, uh, as <laughs> Jessica put in the title, that uh, Ava came to realize Mick was indeed giving it the old college try. Um, and that she should, in fact, be a little bit more supportive of his of his efforts. Because just like her, I, too, was not, I did not have faith in him. I was like, well, this is going to go horribly. And, you know, it did go horribly for a bit. But in the end, we made progress. He had some kind of plan. He did stick to it. Results were achieved. And I do like that Mick was, in fact, making an effort. And that that effort wasn't just like, hey, now it turns out he's actually super competent. And he could have been doing this the whole time. And he just wasn't because he did have growing pains with it. And there were very large hiccups. He is not actually a natural born leader or planner or whatever. So, so there was, it it was a struggle, but we made it through. We got a real lead. Loved uh, Spooner translating for Kayla. (laughs) Um, And I do like her dynamic with Nick and I was expecting her to like go on the voyage with him, but whatever, it's fine. Because in the end we got, Kayla's reveal like human human form um and that's obviously going to be a lot of fun uh so so I'm looking forward to it although I was also looking forward to the concept of Mick just yelling at her while she but it's fine this way works too (laughs) anyway um I the Che and J the Che and J Guevara a joke was fun like funny the first time and I did love <laughs> Bayrod's rendition of Peace Train. Um, him just having a good time with Castro and co. If only music could heal the world, then Bayrod would really be a world leader. But sadly, it cannot. Um, I was very impressed with Zari holding her ground at those White House talks. And like you said, when she typed with her thumbs, it was very impressive. Uh, overall, I really enjoyed her section of that story. And I'm so glad that Nate got over his phantom boner eventually. Um, But finally, yes, uh, Eva being the Russian alien doctor and then having to operate on an alien was uh, quite surprising and hilarious. And then finally, I cannot wait for us to move in with John. I'm very ready for all the legends to go (laughs) stay at (laughs) John and Astra's place. I don't know if Astra's also there. Fingers crossed that she will be because they did mention her. Is Is this house like out of time? 
No, I think it was like in some year in London. Yeah, it's like, yeah. I, I so hope that year my first thought was like, did Mick just drop them off? I hope he dropped them off in that time. Otherwise, right. like, how are they going to find Cox? Like, they're in the Cuban Missile Crisis, so I know. I'm <laughs> pretty sure it's they dropped. He dropped them off at the time that <laughs> that John is there. <laughs> but otherwise, that would be. But then why would I mean like is the house itself out of time? Like, cause like why would Astra be there? Because John was with Astra like, when they were explaining why John wasn't there. They said he was with Astra. At his house. Well, I don't with... know about at his house. I'm just saying, hopefully. No, I think they were saying there's... Okay, never mind. Never mind. <laughs> we will find out next week. her house. I... <laughs> <laughs> we will find out next week what's going on, because Astra gets the lead. <laughs> okay. <laughs> were those all your likes? <laughs> That's all my likes, yes. Okay. You know what? I actually did not mind, like, the chaotic mess that this episode was. It was... It just kept escalating and escalating. Um, and, like, it just got more hilarious that the situation they were finding themselves in. Because they just could not seem to get it together. Um, I actually like Spooner and Mick as a combo. I thought it weirdly, like, works. Um, and Because they, they're kind of on the same side of the spectrum in different, like, ranges. I don't know. Shades or whatever you want to call it. Um so, you know, because he, he was trying, and it's kind of, you know, funny, like, they were all like, you know, words with more than one syllable? Or it's like, he is a best-selling author, guys. I'm pretty sure he has the first Right? <laughs> that was the one time I wanted to defend Mick. I was like, wait, <laughs> he knows words. Books. He knows <laughs> words. Like, he used them to write books. Um, you know, and so he was, I mean, he was trying, and Temp was made. And I like that Spooner recognized that an attempt was being made um, and that they even kind of, you know, sometimes you have to do the weird thing, even though what got them into it was like wild and and undisciplined. Sometimes you need wild and undisciplined to get out of stuff. So um, I thought they made like a, a good team. And I like that Mick found a solution to not killing Kayla to get back to finding Sarah because um, if you know Ava was resigned to just we well, we just gotta kill Kayla <laughs> and then right, they would have lost right. like their only lead so I like that they were able to redirect it back into a solution that made sense um, Behrad when he put on the hat I'm like oh my god Che Guevara like I, I could see it like immediately so I thought it was an interesting way to um, go with him and Fidel Castro I agree that he had a great singing career. He could have won the throne. Who knows? You know? You gotta apply yourself, Behrat, and stop taking gummy edibles. <laughs> Come down <laughs> once in a while. <laughs> um, yeah. I liked, um, you know, at the end, Ava acknowledging Mick's, like, leadership creative process <laughs> and whatever he was trying to do. Um, cause you know, she usually is too hard on people that don't think the way that she thinks, but, um, I think in, in this situation, it was probably, you know, the right amount of toughness because they were in the middle of like a hot spot. but I like that she did come around and apologize to him and be like, when I said be a captain, <laughs> this is not exactly what I meant, but thank you right. for trying. Thank you for putting an effort in. Um, and then, uh, you know, like you said, Zari, her adaptability, um, I hated those Oval Office scenes. But she 
was the best part of them. I liked all the ones she was in. Um, I liked that she put on a Southern accent that wasn't even required for her cover right. story. Just put it on. And I think like um, Nick Zano even actually said that he didn't know that Tala was going to do a Southern accent. So oh, the reaction oh. that you see <laughs> of Nate looking at Zari when she started speaking in her accent is Nick Zano's actual <laughs> reaction <Awesome>. to that. <laughs> So that was cool. Um, what did not spark joy? <laughs> a lot of other things. <laughs> um, this was not my favorite episode. And I don't know if it was because they were like tackling something that like a real historic event with serious, you know, consequences? serious consequences and trying to like, yeah, with political undertones or throwing in like Fidel Castro, throwing in JFK. And I'm like, I don't yeah, know, guys. I don't know that, if like, this is like legends Fidel. should be handling something like this. Yeah, <laughs> if, yeah. you, if you make like Fidel Castro, um, you know, it depends on how you you play him, how you play yeah. JFK. You yeah, can, exactly. So it was like really, it, it was really awkward. So I was always like sitting there just worried about how and what they were going to do, how they're going to pull it off. It was just it was somewhat uncomfortable because this is not usually like the legends forte, you know, they, they go to different centuries and different places. And we dealt with like, you know, Genghis Khan on scooters, which is like wild shit, but this just didn't work for me. And I think because it was more of a serious situation as well in real life, it didn't like the humor didn't necessarily hit the same way. And it took me out a lot of times, even like the oval office stuff was just, Oh, it was awesome. A, it was boring. Two, that general was something else. Like, he needed to just chill out and tone it down. <laughs> I was like, sir, <laughs> please take a seat. Um, so he was just, like, really cruel and vicious and, and trying to, like, take charge. And was He was just being really dumb. And then, like, for a second, honestly, I was like... <laughs> It took it kept taking me out with the scene because that the guy they cast as JFK did not look like JFK. No! Oh so I was God. like, "What the hell is? Who the hell is this? Are we Why? sure that JFK looks like JFK?" <laughs> 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 You're. Why are you defending Legends casting? <laughs> I'm just saying, maybe like we all like collectively remembered him being like more <laughs> attractive than he actually Listen, was. It's not even that he's unattractive, which he is unattractive. That guy is super unattractive. But like, it just doesn't look like JFK. It doesn't. It even doesn't. if even no, if it's just, JFK's he, ugly, he did, he he did look like um, I don't know. He did. He looked like I don't know if Carter is the right president. He looked like somebody else. Jimmy yeah, Carter? Jimmy, yeah, he did look a little bit like Jimmy Carter, but definitely not JFK. So I, the whole time I was like, this is this is awkward because I was like, I'm not in the scene because I'm staring at him. And I'm like, this is not oh him. My God, yeah, he totally looks like Jimmy Carter. <laughs> so it's like, you guys miscast the wrong president. <laughs> so that whole thing was awkward. And then even the whole nate like broing it up with all the white guys involved and it's like let's talk about football i'm like i don't understand what's happening right now a i don't really i only get a few football metaphors i'm not a football fan (laughs) and also it's just like (laughs) yeah (laughs) and so like him talking about it and making it seem like we can solve this like on the field this is like college i'm like what what is happening? That's like the worst way to portray people yeah. making power, making important decisions. I know, right? It's like, mm, I'm concerned. <laughs> yeah. 
So that was that was weird. And, you know, I I did like the fact that like, oh, we were it, we were reminded that Nick that Nate was like a history buff. So that part he was used zero history. He used zero history. So I'm like, <laughs> what was the point? <laughs> and then even like small things like Spooner being in Cuba and not even speaking Spanish to the Cubans. I'm like, what? What? Why wouldn't you speak Spanish to them? Um and I don't know, it just, like, there was a lot of stuff that, like, Nate even putting his own shit on Zari as if it's, like, her fault that she happens to be Zari, but not his Zari. And it's, like, not her fault, dude, and I think you just need to get over it. Right. <laughs> I'm really harsh on Nate, but it's, like, it's, yes, yeah. it might take him some time. Obviously, she has the same exact face and stuff, but, again, that's something that he can I, I wish that he had sorted it out with someone who is not her because then that puts the pressure on her to try to act or do certain things like she has to change her hair and whatever so it just felt right. like really awkward and was like putting you know the stress right. on her to be a certain way that she is not just mm-hmm. because it makes him feel bad so i didn't like that um so yeah it just was it was like an okay episode but there was just too much serious history going on and it just didn't really like click overall um i yeah i mean that's pretty much how i felt about it too like it, it felt like just tonally and, and obviously legends is known for just like it's wild and wacky tone and it can go from super serious to super um just campy in you know zero to 60 but this time it just felt like they didn't really know how to make the nuclear missile crisis can't be. Um, so, like, and so we had things like, you know, Behrad getting high with, with, um, Castro, which started off as like cute for like a second and then just like kept going. And I was like, mm-hmm. why is this still happening? And then he's like on the phone with Che and he's like running from, I was like, okay, well, I did not need any of this. And it just feels like, like Behrad is so charming. The actor is so charming. The character is so fun, and yet they don't seem like they have something they really want to do with him. Told you. Yes, you did. You did. (laughs) And it it was never more evident than in this episode, (laughs) where it's like, you know, like, I understand why they sent John off, right? Because, I mean, I'm sure he would just magic away the Cuban Missile Crisis. So he got to go. <laughs> That's true. I was mad that he was in an episode. I was like, wait, we don't have a follow-up with him and Zari? Why? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but then it's like, they could have just left Bayron behind too because he didn't, you know, they. I love the song and I always like seeing him, but they didn't let him actually actively contribute. But then on the other hand, you also had Nate who's actively involved in the plot and yet, like you said, he's just throwing out dumb football metaphors, trying to connect with football. And I was like, what? I didn't understand. Okay, first off, I think it's because, just like you, I was confused about this JFK. So there are moments in the scene where I just didn't know who JFK was. I was like, is JFK not here yet? Like, why are they not talking to the president? <laughs> and then I realized it was that dude. Um, and <laughs> and then I, I was just, like, having trouble understanding why he was using that instead of an actual historical basis of what the Cuban Missile Crisis leads to, right. what the Bay of Pigs would have led to, that could have shown him in his element. But I suppose it's because we wanted to show Zari in her element <laughs> so that Nate could then be like, I no longer see old Zari. Now I see you. Which didn't even really feel earned because old Zari also probably would have been in her element more so than Nate. So it's not like this Zari did something that was so Zari 2.0 as opposed to what she <laughs> That's so in. Zari 2.0. <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, like, it's 
why would he still be thinking of old Zari after our Zari competed for it's been a year, dude. Yeah, it's been a year. She's done things that are so... I'm sure she's put up her hair before, like, before now. Right? Right! So, yeah, so this whole plot was just weird. It was just weird. The only good moment between them, <laughs> like, that included Nate, was when they were holding hands because they thought they were going to die. And I was like, oh, that's sweet, you know? <laughs> but thankfully they did not die. And we did not have to be, you know, left with them holding hands. So... Whatever. I just thought I just thought it was like weird. I'm like, I guess that you know Nate has had a lot of heartbreak and he's still feeling oh, sorry feels. <laughs> right. But it just it just seems so unnecessary. It just seems like such a random thing to include in, in this particular episode. So whew, whatever. Um, like I thought they were gonna. I'm still talking about. It. I'm like I've moved on, but I have not moved on. I thought they were gonna yeah. look at Zari saying, "Okay, well, you need to deal with that." You know, <laughs> his morning wood, which was like, "Okay, well." <laughs> This is not my problem. And then just move on. Like a joke. But no, it was the storyline. And I was like, oh, okay, I guess this is the storyline. But anyway. Um, yes, glad Constantine and Astra are doing whatever they are doing. But I really would have rather seen them doing whatever they are doing. <laughs> like, I feel like we could have taken out half of the Bay of Pig situation and just been like, magic hour with Constantine and Astra. Um, and while that whole, you know, let's use football metaphors to decide whether or not we're going to blow up a nation uh probably realistic <laughs> it just wasn't very enjoyable to watch so there you go yeah like the whole the, i think the the biggest thing that whole opening scene with nate and zari was just very weird and like you said it puts a lot of pressure or like the blame that something like zari's doing something wrong because she put her hair up and she didn't she woke up without makeup on oh my god Nate's going to be affected. Um, and so it's kind of, you, you know, like girls are told at school, like you can't wear um, spaghetti straps or you can't wear this kind of thing because boys will Shorts be distracted. Above your knee. Right. <laughs> um, so, I mean, it, the whole like, I could have done without the morning wood specifically because <laughs> that was just like weird. And the fact, like his weird love struck moony eyes. If I cared about Nate or if I cared about Nate and Zarya as a ship, then maybe it'd be like, oh, he remembers, but I don't. So it's weird, and it's been a year, and it's already been established that there's nothing between this Zari and him. So it's just like, why does he continue to put this on her? Because um, I just feel like it would be so uncomfortable. Like I feel like if I, if I were Zari, I would not be able to do anything around him because he might get a boner or he might be like, Oh my God, why aren't you my Zari? So it's just, it was, I'm glad yeah, they, they resolved did, it. They already did the discomfort thing when they woke up in like the same bed once. Right. So memories. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. And then I guess I get what you guys are saying about like the whole, the tonally deaf thing and trying to make this very sensitive political situation funny um i think you know i didn't hate it as much as you guys it just because just basically the way that the plot was going it kept like escalating and and more of a fuck up and i was just like how are they even gonna you know (laughs) they might actually cause the destruction of the world and they still didn't stop the missile from actually shooting off into the white house you know it just happened that there was nothing in the missile so it was like a dud but still it still technically happened like True. you did not solve the day um so but yeah i definitely get what you guys are saying about 
and I was worried about how they were going to portray Fidel Castro because if you portray him as like you know this crazy like exaggerated caricature then that's going to upset people and if you portray how you portray the Russians and how you portray the Americans so there's just all this stuff going on that could go seriously wrong depending on how they decided to play it um and then the White House like they just walked in where's the security in the White House right and Nate didn't even really show his credentials or he was just a white man in a suit outside the door and they were like hey come on in and like really I agree with you guys that he you are a history buff that's how he got the on that team to go to the White House no history was used it's basically like old boys club type shit which I don't yeah it was not it was not great like he could have actually done something like thank god for Zari he could have actually done more than what he did like he he just did not contribute it was not giving what it was supposed to have gave. <laughs> and then, you know, Behrad and his one-note stoner personality is really played up in this episode. And I'm glad that, I was kind of glad that Ava, like, dragged him out onto the field to do stuff when he was not trying to do it. I feel like they should do a story. There's got to be a story there about why he would just rather get high. All- like, Nate is also a stoner, but Nate is not high all the time. So yeah, why is true. why is that Bikrad's like only character motivation? I really wish or I hope that's like an actual story that they will dive into his backstory or something because it's just like yeah. Anyways, feedback. <laughs> who who else had let me hear somebody else's thought on, on this. <laughs> what did Flora say? Flora yeah. is our legends barometer. So what did what did he have to say? About and I think he was our lone legends feedbacker, right? Yep, Shang is on hiatus. Oh, <laughs> I think our heart. All right, Shang so, abandoned us. <laughs> but Swara said, "Legends this week was good, but not necessarily great. The Bayrod as Jay Castro was amazing, hilarious, and Cheyenne is so t- uh, talented. And why can't I read? Is so talented as an actor and singer. Glad he got some more of the spotlight as he kept Fidel Castro entertained and distracted." Also cracked up at Ava as a Russian doctor. While I, of course, loved Tala's Jackie Kennedy impersonation, the rest of the White House scenes were either dull or bad. Mm-hmm. The actor doesn't look or sound like JFK! LMAO! Thank you, Swara! <laughs> also, Nate was kind of blah this episode. Also, I didn't like the opening scene with him and Zari. Honestly, kind of found it gross, both in the discussion of the subject matter and the reminder of the Zari nature. <laughs> yeah, just the fact that they brought it up again is disrespectful. But I did appreciate their conversation at the end that Zari 2.0 is who she is. Also loved Esperanza this episode. She's such a great addition to the cast and her dynamics are developing quite well. Didn't understand why they had to have Mick take the ship at the end with the alien, but hopefully this isn't the status quo for the show, for long on the show. I'm pretty sure it won't be. I feel like this means that we're coming to the end of the arc of Sarah being separated, you know? Mm-hmm. I can't imagine they can, they can have more than, like, one episode of Nick and uh, Kayla yucking it up on the ship. So we'll I forgot see. to say that that was also one of my likes, just his facial expressions when she puts on, like, her human transformation and he's just, mm-hmm. like, <laughs> really confused and then also sexually harassed. <laughs> <laughs> Hilarious. It's like real life Garima. Is he, so the, is he the yes. one who also thought um, Gideon was like attractive when she was in like human form? Or was that somebody else? No, I think that was uh, wasn't it Rip? Rip? 
Did Rip and Ginny um, have a little thing? Mm-hmm. Yes. They, yeah, they did. Yeah. They did. Anyway. So that's, that's that for the feedback. <laughs> so we have Tati's prediction that we're coming to the end of um, the mysterious disappearance of Sarah Lance. Yes, that would May, be. May, do you have any? Um, I don't know if this is necessarily a prediction, but I think it would be really interesting to see, especially since Mick took the ship and is now with Kayla, how, like, an evolution of the relationship Maybe he decides like he's better off in space with her doing whatever, and that's how that's how and we that's leave how him. he just leaves. <laughs> okay, interesting. Okay, well, okay. moving on to Black Lightning. Black Lightning. After four seasons, this is how shitty <laughs> the Black Lightning synopses are. After four <laughs> seasons, the game-changing, relevant, and electrifying series comes to an end. That's it. That's, that's it. all they say. Oh <laughs> Why do they hate us the whole time? The whole way through they hated us. Anyway, what really happened in this episode, the Pierce family (laughs) gather in Gamby's bunker, reeling over to Vice's call to JJ that he killed Jefferson. Anessa and Gamby spur into action. They're ready to go to war. Gamby has found the emitter, and he teams up with Thunder Grace to turn it off so they can get their powers back. JJ returns to the ionosphere because she wants to go after Tobias. So she goes up to recharge. But what she leaves behind, because every time she's gone up, she's left a little piece of her behind. Uh, but this time, she's left enough of her behind that it actually starts to materialize into human form. Meanwhile, Jefferson, surprise, actually survived Vice's beatdown. But he is buried in underground coffin with no way out. And obviously, he did not watch Kill Bill because if he did, he would know what to do. <laughs> <laughs> when JJ and TC navigated tunnels to find Tobias, they ran into an unexpected complication. Jen, Jen 1.0. Even more unexpected, we find out that JJ admits that she's not Jen's genetic twin, but rather a cosmic being from the glaze that hijacked Jen's DNA to play human on Earth with the Pierce family. And she thought that she had killed Jen, but Jen was like, I'm still here, bitch. What's, what's that gift? Surprise, bitch. <laughs> Um, let's see succeeding in shutting down the emitter Gamby is saved by Thunder Grace who have their powers back Jeff in his coffin uh, coffin graves feeling defeated in a convo and having a conversation with his dad um, about not being able to beat Tobias in the end but his dad motivates him to not give up and to try again Jeff realizes back in his coffin world his powers are back but his battery is running on E so recollecting his dad's words, he discovers the power of that sciency rock thingy that Lauren uses to power her emitter. What is it called? Prometheum, maybe. Prometheum. Oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah. I was something about Prometheus. There's all the Prometheum <laughs> that's been un- that was supercharged with gravedigger, um, gravedigger like science, blah blah blah, something supercharged all the rock under Freeland to now be Prometheum, and that's what Jeff draws on to give him enough power to break out and save himself. And confuse the fuck out of everyone when his voice pops up on the comms, alive and well, and looking for Tobias. Speaking of confusion, JJ and Jen face off with Jen coming out victorious, uh, oblivious to uh, her irrelevance. Chief Lopez has lost her shit and is high off of a meta booster that allows her to consume energy, and she is looking to kill Lightning. Shakur recruits the task force to stop her, but the real Lightning shows up to save the day. So JJ is down. Chief Lopez is down. Now we've got one more baddie to confront and kill. So Jeff confronts Tobias and the fight leads to Tobias being impaled on a spike outside of his office. Petty to the end, he forces Jeff to finish him off 
instead of just taking the L and the stick to the heart. TC visits Khalil's mind palace to share with him that he can erase the kill order on Pierce's, but if he does it, Khalil's memories of the Pierce's, especially Jen, will also be erased, to which Khalil reluctantly agrees. City saved, the Pierce family reunite for Thunder Grace's wedding reception. Jeff and Gamby announce their retirement and pass on the legacy to the outsiders. Finally, Lala wakes the fuck up fashionably late and confused <laughs> at the end. So this was... He gets a last laugh. Yep. <laughs> it was kind of funny. It was random, but it's kind of funny. Last line and last laugh. <laughs> it feels like one of those like uh, end of credit scenes, like at the end of like a, a Marvel movie or an action right. movie. Right, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what, what did you guys think about the last episode of Black Lightning ever? It certainly happened. Um, Black Lightning did end. <laughs> I will say I, I do like, you know, I like, obviously the Jefferson didn't die, so I'm glad he's alive. Glad that he also was able to kind of save himself um, using, you know, science and magic. And I even like that he's retiring at the end of it because I feel like he was just not in it anymore, you know? <laughs> it was like the last gasp. So it's good that he's like, hey, listen, I'm going to leave it to the kids now. <laughs> I'm not doing this anymore. And by default, that means Gamby gets retired too. Love that. Gamby be free. Um, <laughs> so so that part's good. I did like the talk with his dad in, you know, like his dad giving, or, you know, brain dad, giving him his pep talk. <laughs> so that was like nice, you know, again, coming full circle because it started with his hang up about his father's death. And now it ends with him, you know, pushing through in part, thanks to his memory of his father. So that's all nice. Um, I like that Thunder Grace saved Gamby. I like that they got to have their wedding reception and most of their family was there, minus their grandma, Lauren. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> it's nice It's nice to see the Pierces being one, you know, big happy family again and hopefully having a brighter future ahead of them instead of like the oppression that is Tobias Whale just constantly hanging over their head. Um, I like I like that we got to see China again. It was nice. As, it was nice that she came back for the finale. Um, we can talk about that storyline <laughs> at a later time, but <laughs> it was nice to see her face again. Um, glad Tobias is dead, even though it doesn't matter now. But before I was concerned that he'd be showing up in Painkiller, Pain and now now it doesn't matter. He's dead anyway. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, and then that was a, that was a particularly gruesome death. But I love that Lala got to see it because again, another person who's been there from like day one and has also experienced the oppression of Tobias Whale many a time. So now he gets to do whatever he's going to do with Freeland, and I guess you know the outsiders will be dealing with him in the future, or dealing, or literally working with him. Who knows? Because who knows which way Lala will go at any given point in time. Um. Shakur is cool. I'm glad he remained a good guy the whole time. <laughs> he was helpful, you know, and that and he had a like little minor sort of team up with Lightning, where Lightning was like, "Okay, I've knocked her out for you," and Shakur's like, "Thanks." <laughs> End of that. <laughs> so yeah, there you go. That's my likes. <laughs> <laughs> well, they were good likes. <laughs> I. I really liked a lot of the directorial choices that they did in this episode. And I think it was directed by like Selena <laughs> Kyo. I'll start there. Choices. Yes. Because I really, <laughs> like you mentioned, Tati, they had, you know, he had the talk with his, you know, ghost dad or whatever, but they had the intercut the seams like older Jeff and younger Jeff kind of going back and forth. 
um, about that trauma and kind of sorting, you know, ghost dad is sort of like his own personal therapist in his head. Um, so all of that was really great. And the choices they made for that conversation were spectacular as well. Um, I, the thing is, is like, I did like some of the wrap ups with, you know, we got to see Thunder Grace have a reception, even though we didn't actually get to see them have vows or anything like that. But it was nice that they were having a celebration, that they were all together, that they actually felt like a family again in the sense that, you know, they, Jeff was able to defeat Tobias after four seasons and multiple, you know, many, many years later after what his, what he did to his dad and stuff. So it felt like that came full circle. Um, so that was like a good moment for him as a superhero. And, you know, even like the, the fun moments at the end between like the family teasing each other and everything like that was really great. Um, I liked the fact that Jen did get like, the last laugh at Lopez, I guess, you know, kind of taking her down because she's been her villain <laughs> all season. Um, just because, um, what else? I think that is most of it. <laughs> I, you know, what's interesting about the whole Jen JJ thing. I will say that even though it came in at the end and it was like one of the most shocking twists of the whole series season it was also the most interesting part of the episode for me like it was engaging i think that they had like first of all og jen showing back up china's you know having being in the finale was unexpected but also nice to see her again because i feel like it would have been different had she not been there and it was nice that she got to like wrap up a show that she's been a part of since day one um, so yeah, like it was just, it was a really wild fight, but the whole thing was like staged really well. The conversations was, was really fun, even though it came out of nowhere, but I was like, oh my God, <laughs> like I liked it and I hated it at the same time. So I liked it in the fact that it was like, it was engaging at least, you know, even though whatever, I'll talk about the rest later, but that part was like, damn, they went there. And they're just going to leave us hanging. But at least I was interested for the five minutes that, th that it happened. <laughs> and that's that on that. <laughs> I think I think it, for me, the finale did what it needed to do for the most part. Um, I liked that um, we get, I feel like most of the bows were tied off pretty well. Like, I will say, I feel like I was like partially right. And not like all the way right, but partially right about like them turning off the emitter right when Jefferson needed it before he's going to die. Because <laughs> that definitely happened. Um, I like the Thunder Grace team up with Gamby to turn off the emitter and their teamwork there. And, you know, um, Anissa being like, look at my wife enjoying her powers. <laughs> I thought that was cute. Like, oh, I'm not so bad. I was like, see. <laughs> <laughs> I like. Um, that was cute, yeah just the fact that China was in the finale because I was not expecting to see her at all. So that was a good, you know, plot twist or whatever for her. Um, and the whole, the whole twist about JJ, I can talk about more later, but it was just like very, it would, it would be a great setup for a season five if they had it. Um, but that was definitely very interesting. Um, I like that Lopez taking down her down didn't take too long. 
because she was just ridiculous. Got that out of the way. Yeah. And that, you know, the fight with Jefferson and, and Tobias finally, you know, Tobias went down. He he had to die. Um, and I think that's the only way that it really could end because he wouldn't, you know, he'd just come back better and, and stronger and whatever. So I think for the finality of this back and forth between Jeff and Tobias, that Tobias had to to die. So I think that that was um, satisfying. And then I like the end. I wish there was like more with um, the Pierce family just reacting to the fact that Jen is back there, Jen. Um, but I like their, the, the happiness of the, the reunion and the wedding reception. I like that. Um, I still don't, you know, Jefferson and Lynn saying, we're going to get remarried, whatever. But I like that it was like a happy occasion. And I like that um, he and Yami are going to retire because it does feel like, you know, passing on the torch to the younger generation, which again, good material if there was a season five or painkiller spinoff, but whatever. Um, so I feel like for the most part, it did what it needed to do to kind of tie everything up um to a satisfying conclusion and not leave any kind of like hanging threads so i thought that was it was nicely tied together tied off um let's go into what did not spark joy it's the last time you can complain about something so make it good (laughs) (laughs) well no, to be fair, we have the love boat. We can bring up Black Lives Matter. Oh, there. Yeah. oh okay. and there will be so much, <laughs> so much love boat. Oh, my God. Um, speaking of the love boat, I would like to begin by complaining about Jefferson and Lynn. Of course, like, when we started Black Lightning, I would have loved for it to end with them getting remarried, you know? But not with them announcing that they're going to get remarried at Thunder Grace's wedding reception after a year of just hating each other, just because Lynn thought he was dead for half an episode and was like, you know what? Better to be married to him than to live life without him. <laughs> so we're getting remarried. I was like, wow, the total. And, I, and we knew this was going to happen because last episode he randomly asked her to marry him. But that was so poorly set up. I'm just flabbergasted. I just like that they had the audacity to go through with that and just be like, okay, we're a family again. Cool. And of course, you know, everyone's reaction to it, like, yay! Because, sure, we didn't even know your status was before this. Great. Um, even though I liked China coming back, I did not like... Or actually, you know what? I even think that the concept of a celestial being hijacking Jen's DNA in order to live like a human could actually have been really interesting. But the way that they built it up, again, they give you nothing. There was, like, that one time that I was like, I think I heard China's voice. But y'all hadn't heard it, right? At that time, you hadn't heard it. So, like, clearly they did not do a very good job of laying that groundwork. True. Um, Although I did think there's just going to be China and Lori. Like, there's going to be two of them. Oh, yeah, yeah. See, and that would have been cool, too. But, no, instead, like, it also would have been really interesting if we had seen it from her perspective, actually. Like, we knew that she had hijacked Jen's body or Jen's life or whatever. But the characters didn't know. And then you see her struggling because it's like, I'm doing something wrong. You know, I'm doing a bad thing. And China's little voice. Oh, like a mirror iris. Yeah, like a mirror iris thing. Um, But like where she actually is like, well, I do actually love living this life. And I care about these people. But I'm lying to them. And I'm stealing, you know, 
Jen's life and like, hmm, what do I do? Like, that would have been really interesting. But instead, it was just like, hey, look at this. Look at Jen slash JJ, you know, building back Jen's relationships. and Everything's going really fine and dandy. There's no problem here. We've all just, just accepted her. It's great. And then suddenly, ha ha, actually, I was hijacking her life all along. And then it's like, she's like, even though she's like not even really evil, but they still like, you know, <laughs> just kick her ass and moved on. So it's like, okay, well, I'm glad Jen's back. And there goes that JJ and, you know, TC ship. So you could have had a little bit more, you know, you could have, you could have ended it differently so that you do get JJ and TC and then Jen and the potential of one day seeing Khalil's face again, which for some reason was not <laughs> acceptable. I don't understand, like, because because Painkiller is not moving forward, this is a super unsatisfying ending for Khalil, where it's like, oh no, I guess I'll forget all about the Pierces, the people that like I owe like my life and you know liberty to and whatever, so that I don't kill them. Okay, and I didn't see Jen at all before this happened, even though all season the people have been like, hey, have you seen Jen? No, and now the answer is never. Okay, end. Um, but if it had been a setup for painkiller, that would literally only be so that you have no reason to bring any Pierce child onto the show. Because there's no narrative impulse to do that. It would be much more interesting of a storyline if he loves this girl he can't see because one of his personalities wants to kill her. Like, that is actually there to propulsion right there. That gives you a whole season. And because of the finale, they wouldn't mm-hmm. have been able to bring... Jen over anyway because now Jen yeah. is China again and China's not doing that. Yeah, doesn't want to do it. Exactly. So I was just like, why did y'all choose this life? I don't understand what is happening here. Why you made this choice? Like it it feels like it was written really hastily like they just found out that they were being canceled or and that black and that pink color wasn't moving forward in like, you know, 5 minutes. But that can't be the case cuz they knew they were being canceled long before and I assume they had finished filming. I don't know, before Painkiller was not picked up, because Painkiller was not picked up literally the day before this episode aired. So, whatever. I don't know, it just didn't seem very well thought out. But moving on, um, is there anything else that I... Well, the Lopez storyline, why does it exist? Why did we have it? It just ended with her like having a, <laughs> a standoff with the cops in an alleyway somewhere, and then Jen came after kicking her own ass to then kick Lopez's ass. And it took, like, no time at all. So clearly she was not very much of a threat. And why did we give her, like, five minutes of backstory the previous episode just so that she can get, like, knocked out this episode and move on? So there's not really any nuance. I don't know what happens to Freeland now. Who's in charge of the police department now? Is it going to be Shakur? I don't know. And what are the Pierces supposed to, like... Do they just go back to normal? Is Jefferson the principal again? Is Lynn working in the lab again? Did, I don't know, is Anissa actually a doctor? Or is she just still, like, studying? I don't know. I don't know. So, there you go. I just, it just felt like it was like, okay, well, now that's over. And we are happy. But there isn't really a status quo or not for Freeland. And the show always started with, like, you know, what does this mean for Freeland? And now it's like, eh, I don't know that Freeland really cares. I think Freeland's fine. <laughs> so there you go. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with a lot of that. I definitely think that there wasn't any closure with regards to much of their personal lives slash jobs, really, because 
after like uh Jeff gave uh that one teacher um whose son died like you know his home for a while we stopped really seeing Jeff at school JJ stopped going to school <laughs> we didn't see any of that so it did feel and like you said they took everything from Lynn too and they didn't really give it back to her um in any satisfying way and I th- definitely think that this could have gone on for a few more episodes to sort of properly wrap things up because it did feel rushed and I don't know the situation behind the scenes but in general the season has been all over the place in terms of like plotting and pacing and what's going on with certain characters and this show's always kind of managed to just drop storylines in the middle of things and then never pick them back up or introduce them really late like we did with the whole Jen JJ thing which I thought was like like I said it was super interesting but it was also really random <laughs> and I'm sitting here going wow what's going to happen now but I'm like wait it's the last episode so nothing is going to happen and there's no satisfaction there even with Jen thinking that her family didn't think anything was wrong they just went with it and that could have been an interesting emotional storyline moving forward But we're never going to get any of that because the show ended. So it's like, why even bother bringing it up? And I don't know, like, it would have been interesting if, like, like, JJ's, I don't know, genetics were warring with each other to, like, get back to the way things were. Whatever, I'm just making shit up. But it would have been, it would have made sense then to have China as Jen back versus this big storyline that's so intriguing and have it be introduced in the final episode it just that makes no sense to me because the focus should be on like where the characters are going to end up and not just introducing something so major in like the last 20 minutes of an episode so that was really odd um i also hated the the lopez thing i thought that her whole journey her whole storyline was unnecessary and she was just overly harsh and we didn't find out what her intentions were until or like why uh, she had those intentions until the last episode and so her having like powers she's juiced up for like literally 30 seconds before jen just like knocks her right. out so i don't understand um any of that and even with like thunder grace you know we got them being happy and they're at the reception but it still doesn't feel as satisfying because it's just we didn't really get much of their development this season even though uh chantal was on there for most of the season but they would also have like arguments sort of similar to jefferlyn where they would just fight and then those things would be dropped um so it didn't feel like a satisfying conclusion like i don't want to just see them wearing white i want to actually see what they're gonna say to each other and have like a an actual party and i don't know something that feels more satisfying than just here they're dressed up that should be like your little crumb (laughs) so that could have been handled better too there was just a lot and i think that while they did wrap up some things it just because the whole season was sort of off it didn't feel like a season a series finale should Mm -hmm. feel um so that was like definitely a missed opportunity um even like like i agreed the whole jefferlyn getting back together i'm like okay it's fine (laughs) yeah exactly they're like we did a therapy i was like but you only went like twice i don't know did that therapy do anything 
happy for you guys. I'm not sure, but you know, it is what it is. And it just, it feels more sad than anything because the show was really good and it had so much potential. And then the season came and sort of like dropped the ball on a lot of things. They dropped storylines from last season too, instead of picking them up. And it just felt, I felt discombobulated a lot of the times watching it because I was trying to like understand where they were trying to go with it. And it never really got there. Yeah, I feel like, you know, if you're just kind of a casual fan, you just enjoy Black Lightning, I do think that it was enough for, you know, people just, like, watching it straight. But if but then you, you get into, that's only if you, like, don't, like, dig into the details. It's like, the house looks fine on the outside as long as you don't touch anything. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I think that there should have been an extra 10, 15 minutes. Like it could have been an extended episode, which I feel like is what it needed for to tie off all the bows that it tied off. The one bow that it did not tie together was Freeland, like Tati said, because I don't know what's going on with, with Freelander. I would have liked to see, you know, we know where, how the Pierce family is ending off. You know, Jeff Freeland's getting remarried. Thunder Grace is taking over for protecting Freeland. Jen's getting her life back together. Gamby has a woman now. He's got a relationship. He's happy. Mm-hmm. What about the city? You know, like Lopez just lost her shit. And so we don't have a police chief anymore. Tobias is a freaking mayor. And he got impaled on a building. Like, doesn't Freeland have any reaction to that? And I feel like a lot of a key character in all the seasons has been Freeland and citizens and like the news reports where you see the citizens having their say on, you know, whether they like black lightning today or not, or what, what they feel about the city. So I feel like it would have been nice to have ended with Freeland as well. Um, I agree with y'all about the JJ Jen situation. I feel like they, cause like, again, like why would you introduce the glaze? And the final episode of your series, when that could have been like a whole thing, like why even bring that up now? And I just feel like when China left, they thought that China was not going to come back for the finale, maybe. And so they're just like, Lori, you're the new Jen, and we're going to write it that way. And that's the way that they wrote it. And then it turns out that China was available for this, which I, I definitely agree that China should be there for the series finale just because she's been there. From the beginning, uh-huh. and it would have would have felt weird with her not being there, but that didn't mean that they couldn't both be Jen or right. a version of Jen and be like the actual like fraternal twin things, and you have two Jens that you can go off in two different ways, and they could have they could have been like a a happy team up kind of thing, and then Lopez would have had to deal with two lightnings instead of one, but no, they they made it this like weird imposter thing, and so then you know. You have to like 2020 hindsight be like, Jeff was right for not trusting JJ, which he was dumb when he was not doing that in the moment. And I feel like it's dumb now (laughs) because it just kind of, yeah, it just kind of made it like, oh, Jefferson was right all along kind of thing. And I feel like it's a little bit of a slight to Lori for having to come in and step in and take over this character the way that she's been able to and to build her own version of Jen to take it away from her at the beginning and be like, ha she was not Jen all along. Um, feels a little discredit to her. Um, 
And I feel like there's something else that, I mean, you know, Jeff, Jefferson getting remarried. I already said that she's kind of like, whatever. But yeah, I think like the, the biggest things were not getting Freeland's perspective or seeing what, how Freeland has changed over the last four years and setting up where it will be in this post black lightning verse. And then the whole JJ Jen storyline, especially if, if we were going to season five and we could explore the glaze, then that would be awesome plot twist and set up for a new season, but we're not doing that. And then again with Khalil never being able to see Jen again and just, you know, you could have gone to see her. You didn't even have to like, <laughs> you could have looked through a window or right, something. you didn't speak to her. <laughs> you have to left her this. left her a letter. I don't know. I don't, yeah, something. <laughs> you know, if you're worried about painkiller, just like FaceTime. Hey girl. <laughs> Sorry I got a ah. you now. <laughs> I don't know. But yeah, I agree that, that was like very um it's kind of like a, a letdown and for his storyline as well. Um, we did have some feedback from us. You got Brother Nate and uh, Suara? Yes. And Anita. And Anita. And Anita. So, and also, actually, did Lillian. So, we actually got and quite a bit. Sonia sent some, too. Oh, my gosh. Everybody. So just, like, everyone was just getting everybody in there. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, sorry. Did Sonia send? I saw her flash feedback. I'm not sure about yeah, the black I think lightning, just, she, I think she just said flash. That's okay. all right. We still got enough. Okay. Starting with Brother Nate. <laughs> Ladies, apologies in advance for the length of this feedback, but in my defense, I've been drinking at Two Bits Bar since Monday night. Where <laughs> <laughs> are all these fun characters? Right, so true. First off, props to your excellent Falcon and Winter Soldier episode. I really enjoy the discussion about that fun but flawed series. Fun but flawed, a great way to put it. <laughs> Personally, I feel like if not for the difficulties during production, most of the story plots they brought up would have been more fleshed out. That being said, Give me that man, Sam Wilson, in the Wakandan Captain American suit okay. and stepdaddy Bucky coming to the cookout with his store-bought <laughs> And I'm a happy MCU fan. So true. <laughs> now let's talk about Black Lightning. The finale was the bittersweet conclusion of a really heavy season. While I enjoyed it and felt all of the feelings while watching, it definitely had its flaws. My main complaint is with the pacing and how rushed things seemed. I thought Chief Lopez's scenes were unnecessary. Like, girl, you just got your powers. You gotta work your way up to becoming right? a citywide menace. Exactly. Um, and Jeff versus Tobias was kind of anticlimactic. Though I love how Tobias was petty to the bitter end. The Lala scene, while funny, felt a bit off as the last thing we'll ever see from this show. You're, you're not wrong. I did love it, but you are not wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, the finale wasn't perfect, but at the end of the day, the cast and crew did what... By POC. I just say by POC. Just say is it. it. It's every time like BIPOC, by POC, BIPOC. Because I feel when I say BIPOC or by POC, sorry, it makes me think I'm saying bisexual. Bisexual POC. <laughs> I always hear BIPOC, but I, I okay. don't know. Okay. <laughs> Folks have always done. They took a bad hand and they played the hell out of it. That's true. That is very true, Brother Nate. Um, the show was done dirty by both the Rona and the CW. The CW did it so dirty. We could talk mm-hmm. for a whole episode about how the dirty CW did it. The very same network that was so pro-black just a year ago. And they still managed to press on and give their audience a mostly satisfying conclusion. When we look back at the show, I think its importance can't be understated. Black Lightning, along with Black Panther and Luke Cage, really helped open doors, eyes, and minds when it came to representation in superhero media. 
Black Lightning was different from most CW shows because it focused on this authentically Black family. Even though I had issues with the series at times, I will always love it for its representation of different forms of Black masculinity, its well-written Black women in various beautiful shades, and its willingness to tackle issues that a lot of superhero shows would either choose to ignore or fumble badly. We see you, Arrow. I'm sad to see the show and all its wonderful music. Oh, especially the music, yes. Yeah. And prematurely. But I'm really glad we got to spend at least four seasons in Freeland. Ah, I agree with this. Keep up the wonderful work, ladies. Your voices are extremely important and beautiful. Thank you, I know. Uh, And appreciate it in these conversations. Stay safe and stay lit as we continue to navigate these uncertain times. Thank you, Brother Nate. We love your feedback. Thank you. and I love your podcast and all your thoughts. I love your positive energy always, making me see Black Lightning in an even better and more, you know, culturally relevant light, which it absolutely has been. And there have been seasons of Black Lightning that were extraordinary television, period. You know, even if we weren't as satisfied with the final, final season as we might have been otherwise, it still is a show that has a special place in our hearts. And now, Lillian. Lillian has Black Lightning feedback and Flash feedback, which we'll get to later. Joyful things. The series finale was pretty good, considering how disjointed the season felt overall. Great to see the Pierce family back on top, and Tobias finally gone for good. Not gonna lie, the season one flashback of Jeff and the girls running got to me. Aww, oh, yes. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> Loved having China back and the nice family moment at the end of the show. Seeing Thundergrace fighting side by side. TC making it out unscathed. Yes. And the passing of the torch to the kids. Yes, I love that too. I officially nominate Gamby as the best Arrowverse dad. Yes! Because he's been consistently there for Jeff, Lynn, Anissa, <laughs> Jen, Grace, and TC. Unlike Except for the other... time that he ha- that he lied to Jefferson <laughs> for like yes. years. <laughs> That's right. That's right. He did do that. He did do that. But hey, Rather than that. he was there. He may have been lying. But, but he, he was, was there. Okay. Was there. <laughs> okay. Um, Unlike other Arrowverse dads who have clear favorites. Mm-hmm. Eyes have a emoji. Daughter yep. Another man who lied to Iris for years. So there you go. Jeez. Your mom died. <laughs> By the way, <laughs> she didn't. Exactly. Surprise. I'll <laughs> um, really miss the Pierce family. The distinct style of this show, like the comic book style panels. Oh, definitely. Yes. Music, was, yeah. the, the costumes, the fashion. The Book of Resurrection panel with the Fierce Fam looks so good. I hope they make some merchandise. But, oh, I love that idea. I would love some Black Lightning merchandise. Yeah, Fierce always talks to get about on having graphic novels and Black Lightning actually does have, like, graphic That's, novels. Yeah. Their show. They should be do- whoever did those Black Lightning panels needs to get hired for The Flash to do panels like that. <laughs> Tell us all the things. We will give you money. <laughs> exactly. Things that could have been different. I wish they split the finale into two parts. But the mm-hmm. first part being about defeating Tobias and the second part dealing with the JJ reveal and the fallout in Freeland from Tobias's death. Yes, thank you. That would have given more time to dig into the Pierce family dynamics, close the loop on the web of corruption, and show the POV of Freeland citizens. And we could have even thrown in a Jen Khalil interaction. Yes. What was the reason for having the family seated during the Thunder Grace reception? How do you have everyone dancing in their seats to Curtis Mayfield? <laughs> I just like to right? in the ceremony. <laughs> but I guess DCTV doesn't like love. <laughs> At least I can be grateful they didn't pull another double wedding at the last minute with all that talk of Jeff and Lynn getting remarried. Oh my god, that's so true. <laughs> that would have been so embarrassing. <laughs> getting married with my parents. With your parents. And <laughs> Gamby would have Gamby would have officiated them for sure. There you go. <laughs> 
we really didn't need that final scene with Lala with so much going on. I'd rather have a Black Lightning Detective Shakur scene or closure with Lauren and Gamby. I'm so mad that Lauren wasn't there. It's really haunting me. Or flash forward to see the outsiders protecting Freeland-esque heroes. Ooh, that would have been cool if we had seen a flash Yeah, I love that. All right, Anita. Black Lightning is over, and I'll be sorry to see it go. But for me, the highlight was China McClane reappearing as Lightning, her character fighting to reclaim her life, and then closing out the role as Lightning in the end. That part felt perfectly organic and was thrilling to see. Was it me, or did Gamby look smug when Thundergrace came through and beat down the baddies on his behalf? <laughs> How you like me now, bitches? I thought Jefferson's vision sequence with his father was touching. Agreed. Looking back, it really screamed Wakanda's ancestral plane, looking like Eric Killmonger to Charles talks with their fathers. So I like yeah. that. Jefferson tapping into the power of those mineral deposits under Freeland, whatever it's called, to regain his powers. It was thrilling to see Jefferson break out of his grave, but I'm still not clear how he made contact with the substance and used it to charge up. Magic. Yeah, he was surrounded by dirt, so, and it was in the dirt. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Science! Science! Science. <laughs> Seeing him in flight was awesome. Him shutting Tobias's racist slash colorist trap once and for all was better. But overall, aside from the thrills, I was a little lost in the episode. Too many things needed to get done in one hour. Even though the previous episode was a cliffhanger with a couple of solid wins, there was just too many loose ends. The showdown with Lopez fell flat. Hardly anyone commented on Jefferson, on Jennifer coming back and reclaiming her body. What gives? Right. They're just like, oh, you're back. I guess you just woke up on the right side of the bed this morning. I knew I shouldn't have trusted that girl. And <laughs> that was it. Yeah. Will Catlett managed to avo- to overact even when he broke out of his concrete encasement. <laughs> uh-huh. I did enjoy the final party. It was a perfect time for the grown folk to pass the tor- torch to the young bloods and semi-retire. I know Lynn has had enough of this nonsense and is ready for a vacation home on a few acres of bucolic beauty in Savannah. Most important, is Khalil really just going to submit to forgetting Jennifer or the love of his life? If Painkiller had gone forward, I would have supported Jennifer rolling up on Khalil in a Cossack Valley for some intense questioning about submitting to that procedure. <laughs> there you go. That's I would have supported that. Um, and then... Suara. Black Light. Yes. I was like, Black Lightning had things to say about Suara. Uh, so Suara said... that certainly was a finale for black lightning it wasn't necessarily bad but sadly it wasn't that good either it felt rushed to tie up as many loose ends as it could one of those loose ends being jj as a gen impersonator was a choice i don't know it really rubs me the wrong way to have us all think this character was jen with virtually no valid clue that she wasn't only for her to turn out to be an antagonistic imposter only for the real gen to return later I honestly thought there must have been a better way to write China out of the show until the finale. She could have gone on a trip, a college tour, something other than this. Um, I feel so annoyed by it. Speaking of annoying things, Lopez remained awful and nonsensical until the very end. Honestly, what a waste of a character. It's very much a shame that the painkiller spinoff wasn't picked up, as I'm intrigued by the prospect of Khalil forgetting the pierces, and very annoyed that the perfect sequel theories, series of Thunder and Lightning was set up right there at the very end. Mm-hmm. I read an interview with Salim Akil saying he'd be legit interested in the spinoff for that, but it seems unlikely with China not wanting to do a network show anymore. Also, Tobias's death was so underwhelming. Seriously so disappointed with how this all turned out. Ultimately, the show and cast and crew deserve so much better from the CW in terms of how they close out this chapter and continue a new one. Obviously, I'm glad the Pierces have a happy ending all around, but it felt like they deserve something more compelling and better written. Hopefully, we'll see them again in another DCTV continuity soon. I do not disagree with you, Suara. And I think that closes out the Black Lightning feedback. 
Well, there is no predictions because there is no show. (laughs) 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 So now we must all um, bow our heads, get your favorite shot of whatever your drink of choice is, and pour one out for Black Lightning. All right, moving on. (laughs) To side B, where we have The Flash, aka Family Game Night. So, Barry's emotional pain of watching Iris die, once again, is short-lived because, surprise, Bashir can project illusions, which, in an attempt to save himself, also covered and saved Alexa and Iris. Wasting no time, Barry and Iris come up with a plan to hide Bashir and Alexa Alexa with Iris in a Speed Force dead zone, so Nora can't find them, while Sisko and Chester work on how to restrain Goth Nora. Meanwhile, the Speed Force storm is raging all over Central City, knocking out sections of Iron Heights and freeing dozens of metacriminals. Joe is having a pity party about not being a cop anymore, but it gets interrupted by a lightning strike randomly knocking Cecile's ass out cold. So, Joe moves his pity party to Star Labs, where he continues to mope rather than help Allegra and an invisible Camilla and their vague plan to evacuate people out of the city. Frost, who was one of the metas that escaped from Iron Heights, tries to fight her attraction to Chillblain while literally fighting him to bring him back to jail. Barry locates Dion to let him know that he's not actually a murderer, but their reconciliation is short-lived because they can't agree on whether or not to kill Nora, whether or not to become a murderer and kill Nora. Um, meanwhile, at this dusty Speed Force house, Iris is, well, Iris is reminiscing about putting books on high shelves just so a just went through puberty berry could feel good about getting them down for her her trifling ass quote-unquote kids come up with a plan behind her back to get the portal opener thingy to return back to earth uh, using another one of Bashir's illusions Nora reveals to Barry that she's not creating the storm it's his other baby's kids and (laughs) they need to be stopped confused on which child to kill (laughs) what's Alan worried that they're not cut out to be parents Joe, who has finally found people being more pathetic and down on themselves than he was, pulls it together to give a much-needed pep talk. <laughs> Renewed with a sense of purpose, Wes Allen gathered Dion, Bashir, and Alexa to talk to Nora, who has entered her final transformation as Super Demon. Barry leaves the forces to deal with the storm, which is threatening to snap back and destroy the city, and Dion shows Nora a version of the future if she continues on in the way that she's behaving, and she will be completely alone, her worst nightmare. Scared straight, Nora apologizes for trying to kill them all, and they all help make Barry fast enough to stop the storm. The city's safe. The four gods return to the Speed Force house to start their life anew as a new family, and they plan on expanding their world. Finally, Frost is released from jail on good behavior for resisting sexy temptation and helping to capture all the metas that escaped, (laughs) and Chester Allegra sit uncomfortably through some excessive Sismilla PDA. Chad Lowe directed this episode with story by Jonathan Butler and Gabriel Garza, teleplay by Thomas Pound. What brought joy to the end of the Force quest? You know, this was a much stronger episode than last week's. <laughs> um, I will say that. And I think that there were definitely like a lot of things I did enjoy on their own. Um, like Joe finally you know, snapping out of it and realizing he needs to give a heartfelt speech to Barry and Iris about their thinking that they can't, they're not really ready to be parents. Cause I think that that has been sort of a lesson that they've been learning since like season five. Um, and now in season seven in preparation for them actually 
wanting to start a family. Um, so it was nice that he actually like remembered that he had a daughter who did positive things when, you know, shit was hitting the fan. Um, and also Barry to remind them that, yes, it's like, you know, people make mistakes and stuff, but you have to always be there for them and not separate them and actually make them work together. Because I think there was a lot of flip-flopping back and forth with like, oh, we should kill you and you and then Spider-Man just staring at each other. <laughs> so there was a lot of that going on. Um, but I'm glad that they had that, you know, talk with him or he had that talk with them. And even like them wondering whether or not they were ready to be parents to me felt like very full circle because I just remember the conversation at the end of season four when Iris is like, oh, yeah, we'll be next. And he's like, and Barry's like, oh, my God, what do you mean? Like right now we're going to have a kid right now. <laughs> and then her being like happy with Nora and him kind of being hesitant about it and then losing her and then coming, having these kids. They also kids, you know, they have to take care of or their responsibility that they created um, and they have to oversee. And it just really felt like this was a lesson in parenting and kind of like stepping back and actually figuring things out as they come along and not feeling like you have to have all the answers to be able to actually have and start a family. Um, so I thought that was really great. And it was just nice to continue hearing about like Iris's little young Barry and Iris stories, always really cute Um I would enjoy also if Barry started talking about like little Iris as well, because that's all would also be cute. Um, there was a lot less. There was still it was still there, but there was a lot less mom, dad, bro, sis uh, conversations being had in this episode, which I was grateful for. <laughs> um, and I feel like, you know, Speed Force Nora going full goth was really fun. And even realizing she didn't want to be alone because she's been for several episodes now, she's been trying to kill the other forces and that would have left her alone because she's like been alone for so long. I guess she just doesn't realize that having other people around isn't necessarily a threat to her. Like they could actually be helpful and she can actually have someone. Um, so I thought that was really interesting that that was her fear to contrast what it is that she was like fighting for or against this whole season so far. Um, so that part was interesting, especially the fact that she had humanity and just the reminder of like how the strength of Barry and Iris's love being the ones that created these forces. And this is why they are the way that they are now instead of just being like these omnipotent beings. Um, yeah, I, I think that in general, I mean, it's the storyline wasn't amazing or anything. It had a lot of clunky issues going on but i think in general it did at the end make the forces feel like they were more of a family when they actually started working together and not spending so much time just kind of being at each other's throats They're like oh this could be very useful to us i'm like yes this could be <laughs> and of course the couch west island scene and you know them having a conversation about actually starting a family and sexy times Good stuff. I hope that energy continues <laughs> for the rest of the season. Because we got, you know, like before it was like really weird. I was like, oh my God, Barry's going to stand there the whole time not do anything. We got a West Island hug. We got hand holding. We got, you know, talk about sex. I'm like, wow, this is just amazing. All in one episode. <laughs> so hopefully um, it won't be as strained as it has felt like it has been the last several episodes uh, moving into the final half.
Yeah. Um, West Allen talking about sex, definitely like the best thing that happened, not only in this episode, but the whole season. <laughs> it's just the best part. <laughs> I loved it so much. That scene was so great. Um, Barry's just like excitement over the possibility of, you know, just raw dogging it was really powerful. I'm really glad we got that. <laughs> uh, and Iris was a little like this is smirk before she turned and was like, all right, why don't we why don't we start a family? Why don't we try to start a family? It was great. Um, aside from that, I will say that I, I did think that it was like a good conclusion to what was otherwise a very messy and confusing story. I did feel like at the end of the day, like these forces or people that have the forces like mattered to each other and that, you know, they had left an impression on Barry and Iris. Um, so, you know, and it was nice that no one was really at fault, right? It was nice that it was like. Nora really did believe that, or the Speed Force really did believe that they were causing all this trouble and that they were, you know, out to get her and therefore she had to stop them. And they really did believe, because she clearly was, <laughs> out to get them! And no one was actually trying to destroy the city. It was just an unfortunate side effect of Speed Force storm nonsense that happened earlier in the season. So I'm glad that they had to work together to resolve that. And then we got Barry, you know, running backwards around <laughs> a cyclone thing again. And I was like, oh, season one feels. Um, I actually really liked, even though Joe, you know, I'm like, oh, I just wish I could be a cop again so that I could make change. I was like, I don't really think that, I feel like you can definitely make change not being a cop, Joe. Um, so I'm glad that Allegra was there to give him that pep talk and be like, listen, all the things that you did, that mattered in this life you did not being a cop it's not related to you being a cop so why don't you you know get your ass in gear and be a dad or be you know just like a generally good person and then he was able to do that when he heard West Allen talking about how they suck at pa- as parents because their imaginary kids are all crazy um, and then he was like hey I've got this I know what to do here so I liked that. And then I really did like the scene at the end when Cecile wakes up and she's like, you've been here the whole time? And he was like, yeah, with the people that matter or whatever he said. I don't remember what he said, but he was like, um, what have you been doing, you lazy ass? And he's like, helping the people that I love. I don't know. I'm rapping, but I really liked it. I thought it was like a nice, a nice resolution to, to his little mini arc in that episode. Um, I did like uh, Camilla and Cisco being all like lovey-dovey on each other at the end and Chester and Allegra being like... Okay, we're just here. Can't wait for y'all to leave the show. Um, and leave us alone. Um, so that was cute. Um, I also, like you, loved the Iris st- pep talk story. Uh, pep talk story. The Iris bookshelf story about Barry. And I hated that they interrupted her with their stupid mind babble. And I was like, excuse me, Iris is talking about how Barry... Who was He's like, excuse me, fives, a ten is speaking. <laughs> right? Exactly. <laughs> Um, but it was really cute. I am loving all these little Barry stories, and I hope that we get more, like you said, um, on the Iris side. Some stories about Iris. Um, yeah, I mean, I think I think that it was funny how <laughs> Nora's like goth teen goth makeup disappeared when she finally saw the light. Her eyes literally you got tell, lighter. So like her hair like was like de-blackifying <laughs> right right <laughs> as she as she started to see reason again so there you go um yeah i don't really i mean i love the impulse line right i love that impulse <laughs> iconic thank you i don't really have anything else to say because you know 
it was it was pretty much a mess, but they did the best they could with it. I think that the shrooms finally wore off, and <laughs> Eric was like, "I think I I think I know where I'm going with this now. I think I've got <laughs> my bearings for the second half of the season." So there you go. Yeah, I think it was you know overall wrapped up adequately. Um, I like like I like you, that you like you guys said that it wound up. Be- being neither person's fault because again you know when Nora's like it's a speed force it's not me that's causing it and it was kind of like um, you know the same thing on Black Lightning where oh my god hindsight 2020 Barry was right all along <laughs> and so like a, a way to kind of like see Iris was wrong blah 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 but then it turned out that neither of them were right neither of them were wrong so um, I feel like that worked itself out because I was about to get mad <laughs> for a minute. Um, I liked that once they got, because I feel like, you know, once they had the pep talk with Jay, uh, Joe, it was kind of obvious that they had never gotten all three of the other forces in the same room. You're kind of like, you know, we haven't put them together because they've always just tried to keep them like separated. Um, so it was nice to see them kind of regard each other and be like, you know, looking, sizing up each other and getting to know each other. I like that the plan to convince Nora at the end was the other forces and they just like left them there, which was fine. Because I like that it was the three of them having to talk to to Nora. Um, And I thought it was interesting, you know, that Nora's worst fear or nightmare was just being left completely alone um, because I feel like if that was your fear, Nora, why are you killing off other forces? <laughs> right, right. That didn't make sense. She didn't know anything else. That's all she knew was being alone, apparently. <laughs> now she doesn't want to be yeah. alone anymore. Yeah. yeah. But I, I like, you know, because definitely at the end, especially when they're all in the house together, it does feel like they are a family. And it feels like because the other three were already like humans before this. And so the forces, but the forces actually sought out people that didn't have family which I thought was interesting because Alexa doesn't have a family and she had like a rough background with drugs Bashir lost his parents like twice so he doesn't really have anybody to go back to um I don't know what Dion I feel like Dion probably still had like a family stuck in the past just, like, like he didn't want yeah. to it didn't seem like he had anything presently okay so he didn't have any ties so all these people don't have ties which now that they're gods they can no one's gonna be like what happened to Bashir on Earth. So I think it it works out that they were in need of a family and the forces were in need of people that didn't have anything else. Um, So I like the idea of the speed force expansion where all the forces get to carve out their own areas of the speed force zone. Um, Because that leads to, you know, possibly getting future speed force people on earth or um speedsters so we could still get um mina and what is that other girl is her name jay or jai ho i can't remember what her which it was like her and wally you know what i'm talking about tati oh yeah i know i know you're talking wait, wait are you talking about avery ho avery avery ho yeah so the you know those could come as you know, future storylines from the Speed Force expansion and seeing, like, what happened 
with all of them up there. So I think that's exciting in terms of building something out for future storylines and the mythology of the world. Um, and then, of course, like, I didn't get to see this the episode live. And so, like, when I opened Twitter, like, the amount of horniness on my timeline over, like, Wes Allen's conversation <laughs> are doing. And I love that impulse was just great. It just felt it felt great for the for the fandom to be alive again. <laughs> um, yeah, so that that was a nice way to. Uh, and I like Joe's conversation when he wasn't like being pathetic. He did give him a good pep talk because I feel like Barry and Iris were taking this like way too seriously. He's like, it's our job to protect our kids. <laughs> And Joe was like, maybe it takes a family to protect a family. Like, you, you don't have to be, like, all black and white about it. So, um, I like that they they get to go into this with more optimism. Um, yeah. What did not spark joy? Before I get into that, I did want to mention something that did spark joy like Nora apologizing for hurting Iris yes, for hurting Nora everybody apologized. I was like thank you Nora you are fantastic that, See, this is how you time. someone you someone apologize apologizes. for you know trying to kill you think you do yes <laughs> yeah so that was nice um and I, but did, as- like, I did like the bookshelf story I thought that was super cute and I wish like Bashir would shut up so I could hear like all the other details <laughs> about what happened in that story yeah um as for what did not spark joy that did not spark joy so no thanks to Bashir (laughs) and also like I don't know you know clearly as a storyline it was a little bit messy in terms of you know even during the episode like who who's the villain who am I supposed to which side am I supposed to be on what is happening it was very confusing um and even like Barry spending most of his time running around trying to find Dion. I was like, couldn't you just don't can't you feel him as a as a force like in your part of the force? Like you could (laughs) (laughs) all that just I was like, okay, whatever. Um, And he was breathing hella hard. I'm like, Barry, come on. He has not run. He just talks people down now, you know? He just doesn't run anymore. <laughs> and Grant, like you don't actually you're not actually like running, so why are you so out of breath, dude? (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, like that that's it's just like the little things that some a lot of it didn't really because it didn't i think it was it could have been paced a lot better over the course of like six or so episodes that's been going on or whatever because i know the season's been weird you know we had to wrap up one storyline and jump into another and then we got derailed by killer frost blm storyline which was nonsensical and i feel like that threw off a lot of the stuff that could have been more fascinating or could have been more fleshed out and developed um and the force stuff can it was just got really confusing and it's got a lot confusing <laughs> but you know they, they tried they tried to wrap it up and it was fine but not like the greatest thing that they've ever done um and then even like the frost stuff was i did not want to see her after like two only two episodes of being in prison like oh my god, the lightning struck Iron Heights and now I'm free and the way that I'm going to show that I'm good is by trying to send Chill Blaine back to his cell or whatever. And that whole... Those scenes just took me out of the episode because like they didn't need to be there. They could have held off on that because A, Frost was just arrested. She was just sentenced to life in prison. 
with no parole. And then she gets out at the end of the episode. And it's like, oh, well, I'm on parole now. I'm like, I guess we just wasted two episodes dealing with this. And now it's like, what was the point? And mm-hmm. it's just very frustrating because we still have, you know, all the Kramer stuff and, and whatnot. And it just feels like a really strange way to take Frost storyline I would rather just see her trying to like get a life versus her trying to not be arrested <laughs> at this point because it's exhausting um, and I don't like it. And even like Chilblain is just so ridiculous. What is it with his jacket? Why is there a piece of fur at the top? Why is he always shirtless? <laughs> I don't understand. And it's very distracting, but not in like the good way, not in a good distracting. Um, it was just more annoying. Um so whatever and yeah the end also i didn't understand like the logistics of even like being in the dead zone i got that part but then it's like they broke the thing that cisco made and then somehow iris was able well, to i think back. i mean because it just because didn't barry say that it would um just snap back all of living matter oh so she just got pulled back by yeah. association yeah and then finally like right. my main my main complaint here is that because I was annoyed with the frost thing um, and some of the, the force stuff, you have Cisco's leaving next episode. And I feel like the time spent on frost getting out of prison would have been better spent on advancing Cisco's thought process. What's going on with him? How's he handling possibly getting a new job and leaving central city? Like, are we all going to, are they going to leave everything that he's going to talk about for the, his final episode? Cause I feel like, we could have had time to develop that storyline for him. So it felt more, you know, there was more closure when he finally did decide to leave central city. Instead, we just got like him and Camilla sort of flirting really awkward Allegra to make Allegra and Chester feel really awkward. And to be like, Hey, maybe we should be doing that too. When we could have been getting a lot more from him emotionally and you know personally. I do agree with that. I, I feel like they 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 dropped the whole we're gonna leave Central City and then they're like, Okay, I guess I'll get a job or whatever, you know? And we're not really seeing that process or really what he wants to do or how it's happening or even how Camilla's little gallery thing went, if it even went. Um so so yeah, it is just kinda like, Yeah, this guy's leaving. So say goodbye to him eventually. Uh, when we really could have built up to it a little bit more. And, you know, tell the team. He has, it's been a couple episodes and he hasn't told the team, so they're just going to spring it on them at the last minute. That's so unfortunate. Um, aside from that, I just think that the whole, you know, even though they tried to wrap it up as best they could this episode, the plot for the forces has been so wacky and just, like, out of uh, logical sense that you can't really save that in this episode. Like Jessica already mentioned, I think it was Jessica, someone mentioned, why would Nora's biggest fear be being alone when what she's been actively trying to do is be alone? And before (laughs) the forces, she was alone. She just was the speed force. And Barry would visit like once every season. And so other than that, what was going on? Nothing. Um, So I don't know. I think that was a little bit weird. Plus, there should be more than one speedster, so she's not alone. I don't know. I just don't know how we got here or why that was really the key to saving Nora. Glad she was saved, but I don't know that we've really rebuilt 
trust in the Speed Force after this half an arc of it being uh, really, really shady. So, uh, I don't know. I guess. I guess if Barry's still cool with the Speed Force and we're cool with the Speed Force, but I don't know. I feel like I'd have some questions. Speed Force needs to go to therapy. So, other than that, I also just think that it never made sense that the other forces go into real people. And now those real people are just in the Speed Force or whatever. I guess now it's just like Force Station, Force Central <laughs> Station, because all the forces are there. Because, like, what about the families of those people? Just have nobody in their we just, life. We already that, established they don't have any. They just have no one. No one's going to care. They just disappear nope. on the face of the earth. So, I don't know. I was like, I guess. Like, but, like, you know, you think that, like, it's just like, okay, these people had literally no ambition. So now their life is, their life ambition is to stop the forces from destroying <laughs> the city, I guess, um, from this weird house in the middle of nowhere and in the middle of no time. No space. <laughs> Whatever. So, I don't know. <laughs> also, Joe just, you know, sitting around, like, just the, just the whole concept that he thinks that he can't do anything because he's not a cop is super weird because we've never really seen him do anything as a cop. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, I was like, okay, Joe, <laughs> I guess. Um, I liked where it led, but I didn't, I did not believe that it was there in the first place. Um, so yeah, that's pretty much all. I wasn't, like, mad at the episode, but I don't feel like it salvaged the rest of the storyline. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I can, I can see that, and I can, I can feel you on that one. Um, because I, I think where it got, like, really wacky to me is they overplayed the whole mom and dad, bro, sis kind of thing. Um, just felt weird. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what else to say about that. Other than, like, I, I, I guess, I mean, I get what they were trying to go for it. And they they stumbled onto it at the end with this newfound family kind of thing. But I also feel like they didn't have to pretend to be forced family before <laughs> um, to make that happen. So, um, but... Honestly, in this episode specifically, um, there were other things that brought less joy than than the forces. And basically, it was any storyline that was not the force storyline, because um, I thought both of them were just kind of if they felt like superfluous and added on, and not really well connected to the main plot line. So the fact that Frost was only in jail for like a day <laughs> and she's already out on probation for good behavior. Just proves like the whole thing with the that um, Nadia from Superman and Lois, like um, like on Twitter, someone was like, you know, I hope people see the realizes how like forced some of this writing is when they force in storylines. She's like, yeah, you know, you are halfway through breaking the season and you get a call from the networks to do a BLM storyline and things get forced to like make it work. And I feel like this is one of those things that got forced to make it work for the CW. Um because the whole fact that she's out now or she escapes to try and like the excuses, you know, to bring children in. But the fact that she got out so quickly for good behavior, which I thought she was going to, I thought that they were going to do this in the beginning, just period, because she's been out for years now working as like a hero. Um, so I thought that the jail storyline was going to end in her being, you know, 
commuted for good behavior. Um, the fact that she went to jail, was supposed to be in jail for life, and got out so quickly lets me know that Eric was never actually trying to get rid of her. Right, right. <laughs> and it's clear that he likes Frost more than Caitlin. So basically, like, writing off Frost Very much so. <laughs> didn't make sense in the first place. So, um, yeah, it just it makes it even more obvious how forced that jail storyline was to end with her going to jail when you see her getting out of jail this easily, this quickly. Um, and then her getting out to bring Chillblain back, that part makes sense. The Frost and Chillblain scenes, however, were very cringy. And it was not cringy because of the dialogue. Because even the dialogue was like very like flirty and very like full on. The actor that played Mark, he was trying to get something going. And I feel like a more talented actress with the dialogue and flirty back and forth would have like probably worked. I think it would have worked if there's chemistry chemistry between the actors and it was better acted. But I feel like there is way too much Danielle, not enough Frost. I feel like Danielle didn't play Frost for one episode and just completely forgot how to play her. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, because like, she had all like the you know the Danielle mannerisms and, and there's not enough Frost in there for me. And only honestly, like, the only time that there wasn't any Danielle was when they were fighting. Because it was all oh stunt doubles. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. double took over all the fighting that was not a close-up of Danielle's, like, face wincing or her, like, waving her arms for, like, CGI Frost. Like, her at the end with, like, <laughs> Frost motion, that was all Danielle. Everything else, 100% stunt double. Um, That's so funny. Yeah. I totally I didn't even mention Frost in my dislikes just because they're so <laughs> nonsense. It's just beyond nonsense there. Yeah. I yeah. forgot. And it's like, there and it's happening. <laughs> <laughs> It just didn't work because I didn't feel it between the oh. two people. And if I, if it was a better actress, it would have worked. As cringy as the dialogue was, it still would have worked. Right, right. Agreed. Um, Joe being pathetic. <laughs> His pity party, I was just not having it. Um, and people usually get on Allegra for being like too tough, like when she was like tough on Iris for miswriting her um, journal about being in her article about being in the mirrorverse and not going with like the truth but mm-hmm. like this is still like this is like tough love alexa on joe and it was like totally on point because yeah, he was just Allegra does operate on tough love That's yeah true. she does yeah <laughs> so it is not it is it's consistent she is consistent um but i just he's like oh man if only i was a cop i could catch criminals and help people evacuate but i don't have a badge Darn. <laughs> and it's like, when has he even ever followed the rules anyway? Like, you don't mm-hmm. need the badge to do any of this, you, Joe. So, you work whatever. With superhero vigilantes <laughs> that don't follow right. the rules. I know. All the time. So, yeah, that <laughs> didn't make silly. sense. Um, and then, you know, I already talked about like Bashir starting a second conversation with Alexa in the middle of Iris' story, her very cute story. She's trying to bond as a mother. And they were teaming up to betray her. So that was not cool at all, guys. Um, yeah, and I already talked about, like, the, the reverse twist. It was actually the other forces. Uh, but it all worked out in the end that either side was wrong. So, like, whatever. Um, feedback. Who is telling us what they think of this <laughs> show? I think we've got quite a, quite a few. Um, Usually do. On the flash, yeah. So let's start with Lillian. Um, joyful things, West Allen's sexy times, and a hug. And their love is mentioned several times throughout the episode. I didn't expect to hear such a sexy song on this family show. 
Aaron's right? I was like, out. oh, lights on? You what? know what? I think um, I forgot who said it. It was. I think Maybe it was, it was Paulina. Paulina. Yeah, yeah Paulina was saying that Eric was trying to get some more um, black choice, black um, music like, choices on the show, mm-hmm. which I didn't necessarily know if that's what was happening, but I definitely feel like this was happening now. Yeah, it's inconsistent. Right. Yeah, no, I like that. Yeah, I'm, I, I support it. <laughs> um, uh, he's Eric's going all out to pull West Allen fans back from the ledge. I hope that before the kids show up, that they have a moment to talk through their fears, especially from Iris's point of view. Loved hearing Iris sharing the sweet childhood backstory, and it was a damn shame those two wretched kids interrupted her. It would be nice to hear Barry also sharing baby West Allen stories in the future. Joe remembered that he has a daughter and actually said positive, reassuring words to her. More of this feedback for Iris and enough of her being choked out. Yes. I do not like that. I do not like that. Um, cute Cisco and Camilla moments before they leave as much as the next episode will be OTF focused I hope we get a proper teen citizen and sunshine twins goodbye Aww, yeah. things that brought no joy <laughs> thank baby Jesus the forces storyline is over because that was a hot mess between the overuse of family sibling parent lingo to the back and forth on who the actual bad guy is I wonder if the writers actually plotted out a coherent storyline or were just winging it well, either way, it did not work out. So let's hope they were just winging it. <laughs> um, this was not the Barry and Iris two-parter team-up that was implied in the synopsis. They were separated for most of the episode, and I would have liked to see Barry being more of a strategic leader and putting a scientific mind to good use. Why the fuck was precious screen time wasted on the frost chill plane fight scene? Why is this dude always shirtless? Why were they having hand-to-hand combat when Frost could take him out with a cold blast? Could this have waited until next episode at least? If they really wanted to have Frost out of jail for saving the city, it would have made more sense to have a proper storyline with her fighting metas and cops, citizens, appreciating her input. Yeah, that's true. Uh, Joe moping about when he's the one who willingly quit his job? What the fuck? Allegra <laughs> was literally the most random person for him to have a conversation with. I low-key hope Joe and Cecile leave at the end of the season to join baby Jenna in her continuous uninterrupted sleep off screen. That sounds horrible. She's gonna be the uh, easiest baby for Singh to look after. Right? Singh is us right. to look after. <laughs> um, with wishful thinking on Cisco's exit, I wish the writers try to connect the dots from earlier th- seasons to help ground his career identity crisis fears better. From him joining Team Flash, becoming a meta, losing his brother, giving up his powers, losing his first love, fighting in crisis, etc., etc. There's so much potential story here that is going to waste. True. Um. With Camilla leaving, we can actually can we actually get back to the citizen and show Iris building her media empire on screen, please and thank you. Yes, because she was like, "I'm going to do more than write an article." Never again did we see her do anything. <laughs> so I am with you. It pains me that we'll likely never get the full West Allen Pierce family mini crossover Black Lightning showrunners had in mind. So here's hoping Flash season eight's five part uh, crossovers will include more than just the titular heroes from DC TV shows. I would like uh, to invite y'all to join my prayer circle in manifesting Iris, Anissa, and Grace, Iris, Ryan, and Sophie, Iris, Kelly, and Alex, <laughs> Lois, Zari, etc. You know, we and, might because, you know, Oliver is no longer part of the crossover, so we have more time to spend on other characters. To focus go. on other yeah. people. Uh, conspiracy theories. I feel like TPTV decided not to have the leads of their DCTV shows kiss as part of their COVID protocols. Since if something happened to the leads, the impact of production would be greater than if it was one of the other cast members. Interesting. That may be why mm-hmm. we have Cisco Camillicus, but not Barry and Iris, or Alice and Ocean, but not Ryan and Angelique. That's just, you know, that is, that is very possible. That actually makes sense. 
Will that satisfy I, people? No. I, no. <laughs> but but it, it, is, it is a possibility. It does, it does yes. make some sense. Yeah, it makes sense. <laughs> Anita, that was interesting, ladies. Really interesting. <laughs> no, I'm not being honest. I was twisted around and confused the whole episode. So many questions about how it is that Nora wasn't the one causing the storms, but it was the other three forces, and how Iris got out of the dead zone without Barry, another speedster or meta to get her out, without breaching a device from Cisco. She just came strolling into Star Labs while Barry was being despondent. Not that I don't think Rob and David would make good babysitters for Jenna, but come on. This has been ridiculous for some time now. My goodness. They should just adopt her. Clearly, <laughs> clearly, Cecil and Joe don't want her. Um, <laughs> the fight between Killer Frost and Mr. Abs, I knew they'd bring up some redemption idea for her. Uh, at least West Allen is trying to start their family. The timing is good. If anything, a lot of shows relegate married couples to mundan- mundanity, and mundanity and boredom. But the West Allens have had a number of adventures to repair them as a team to raise meta kids. They're real sure. kids, not the forces. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, Swara. The Flash this week was weird, narratively speaking. I think the episode could have been a lot better, and frankly, the Forces arc in general. Well, yeah. The first half was badly paced, and I think it confused me and a bunch of the audience. The Frost and Chillblain scenes were so bad and detracted so much. And for Frost to just say she was going to get out of jail because of good behavior after we spent an entire episode with her sentencing was honestly infuriating. The character is incredibly annoying and out of place. I have no idea what utility she has with the show anymore. I'm sorry, I love West Allen, but the parented aspect was so forced. These aren't their literal children. And it just ended with them all in the Speed Force mention anyway. But the parts I did enjoy were Nora as the Dark Phoenix Speed Force. <laughs> she could have been written better overall, but I did like the part where Psyche showed her a potential future being completely alone if she went down her destructive path. Path. It felt relatable and compelling and was honestly the best part of the episode. Uh, of course, I did appreciate how the whole experience spurred Barry and Iris to get started on a real family, as the ending scene so plainly put it. So overall, while there were some good things at the Forces arc, it was woefully underbaked, and I hope the next book is better than what we've seen so far. I agree. Finally, we have Sonia. This was a great episode of The Flash that thankfully wrapped up the whole Forces storyline. I really liked how Bashir used his powers to make it seem like he, Alexa, and Iris were dead. I agree, that was great. I forgot to mention that. Yay, go Bashir! It will, I mean, half yay, because he was only trying to save himself and not... Yeah, but hey, you know what? Iris, but... He did it by accident. It's fine. It worked out. <laughs> a literal god seeing West Allen's competition, your fave could never. I loved hearing about... <laughs> <laughs> I loved hearing stories about young West Allen and thought the story of Iris acting like she needed help um, was really cute. We stand an amazing selfless woman. <laughs> Bashir and Alexa being problematic um, and attacking Iris to steal the orb, like, no, bad kids. I really liked Allegra and Joe's heart-to-heart about how Joe is more than just a badge. Uh, he has an immense heart, and that's my favorite thing about his character. I love Joe and the amazing advice he gave Barry and Iris. Thank you. I agree with you. Snap, a reverse Big Bang <laughs> reminds me of the singularity from season one. Yes! Yay! Season one feels. Um, all of the forces teaming up to show Nora her greatest fear was well done. I'm glad they're finally getting along. We got a Gen- we got a Jenna reference and a Captain Singh reference in his husband. Yay! Uh, Camilla telling Allegra to use a catchphrase like flame on. She's such a dork. She and Cisco are perfect for each other. <laughs> Another reference to a TV show I watched with Allegra's chopped reference. LOL. <laughs> Frost is at a lockup. That didn't take long. How was it that her helping get everyone back in Iron Heights showed them that she was good or whatever, but not all the other times she protected people previously? This storyline is dumb. See? Yep, I agreed. Also, the bartender Frost is referring to better not be Chilblain. Uh, yeah, no, it is Chilblain. It I'm, is sorry. Chilblain. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to tell you this. So, yeah, I'm sorry. Which is funny because she was like, she put him back in jail. So like, yeah, <laughs> and that's, I was I was in jail. 
She's about to, she's about to be like, like that prison, like life after lock, love, love after lockup show. It's gonna be <laughs> the West Allen sexual tension. OMFG, I love it. The impulse reference was great. I think it's weird that Carl's and Tori had a kiss scene. Well, uh, don't worry, that was just explained to us. <laughs> it's because they are and, disposable. Yes, and, and also Cisco and. Ke- it was totally for Allegra and Chester. I don't care what anybody says. It's not a Sismilla so, thing. Was totally, like, it like, was too much. Well, yeah. Wendy's like, hey. Yeah, I, it went on for too long. To, yeah. Right, right. Like, I'm super in sad. Rome, I guess we should kiss. <laughs> yeah. I'm super sad for next episode being Cisco's last. I'll miss Carlos so much. You and me both. Now the fourth storyline is over. I can't wait to see what the next one will be. Until next time, Sonia. Thank you, Sonia. Do you have predictions on what the next storyline will be? I feel like you have to get into the kids now. You already said it. Yeah. yeah Godspeed stuff. Yeah, it's Godspeed and the kids. Godspeed and the kitties. So I guess it makes sense because last time Godspeed came was also with Nora. So That's true. Yeah. There we go. Connections. So now we have reached the point in the episode where we nominate Ladies of Gumption for the week. We will. We will nominate Ladies of Gumption. Um... Do we have gumption for um, legend? Let's say Zari. Yeah, Zari. Um, mm. But not it's not like the level of last week. Right, like, right. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then and then Black for Black Lightning, Lightning Jen, 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 Jen for back for yeah. back her life for beating yeah. her own ass. I guess beating her own ass, and then and then stopping by to be Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> uh, and then uh, the finally Flash I don't know Nora for almost destroying the universe and then like undestroying it that took some gumption I don't know it did it did uh, Frost for you know fighting fighting the feeling and then no. getting into the feeling <laughs> <laughs> okay, I so think I would... it's gonna be Jen for me yeah, yeah I agree <laughs> not only is it last, like, last episode but like you know China came back it was like mm-hmm. definitely the most uh, impactful thing that happened in that episode for me yeah. Um, so yeah Jen alright so that concludes this episode of Ladies of Gumption congratulations to Jen Black Lightning well, no, I was going to say Black Lightning with Gumption <laughs> Lady, <laughs> with Gumption. <laughs> Lady with Gumption of the week um, as we said before next week there is no show so there is no us we will go into the Speed Force Dead Zone until the shows come back. <laughs> um, but if you want to listen to more of us, then you can head over to our Patreon, where we'll be discussing Mortal Kombat. Or you can listen to any of the other 49, I think 46 other shows, episodes that are available on there for you as well. www.dctv.com. No, no, no. www.patreon.com slash dctvgumption. Um, find us on Twitter at DCTV Gumption. Um, when we live tweet, you can send us ask on Tumblr, ladieswgumption.tumblr.com, or email ladieswgumption at gmail.com. See you next time. Goodbye. Bye, everyone. <laughs>